T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Time for the Friday edition of Hancock and Kelly. You two belong together. John Hancock, Michael Kelly, sponsored by Insperity, HR that makes a difference. On News Radio 1120, KMOX. Look who I found. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> Welcome back. Happy first Friday of the year. Yes, that is correct. How was your. Uh... <clears throat> vacation it was great well, man it was lovely to be out of st louis during that freezing temperatures yes and uh i um am, i'm thrilled to be back in st louis and, i know you uh, are i brought the sunshine with me today you did indeed and um hopefully uh well I, you know w- once we get past the first of the year we all kind of start to think about spring but we've got two months of this stuff left and even though it's going to be 50 60 degrees over the next couple of weeks you know, as Kevin Colleen says, just wait till February. Yeah, but we had the Arctic blast. Right. And a lot of times when you get the Arctic blast, uh-huh. uh, the economy has to kind of make up for that. Right. Uh, not the economy, the, the, <laughs> the climate. The climate, the, the, sure. You know, the weather out there. Both are in trouble. And uh, <laughs> they are. But so the, one of the benefits of having that Arctic blast is that you know, we're now having a, a more mild situation. And it's highly likely that we won't have another Arctic blast this winter. Well, so that's good. Come on. Well, I bet we have one more. Well, you talk, you know, you talk to people that understand meteorology, Michael, and yeah. they'll tell you that uh, it's very unlikely that you'll have a second Arctic blast. Yesterday, I uh, lined up uh, to get my car washed uh, to get all that salt yeah. off of my automobile. That's a good idea. You know, th- this is the time of year. Every time this time of year, I think, man, I ought to own a car wash. Maybe I ought to invest in a car wash. There you go. Because uh, you know, there I am. I'm willing to give them fifteen bucks or whatever it is for them to. Wash all that salt off my car, and then, you know, come summertime, I don't really wash a you car. Just, you don't run it through a machine? You actually have people scrubbing on it? Well, yeah, the machines are like 15 bucks now oh, if you yeah. get the best wash right, and all right. that. Yeah, yeah. Do, you, um, do you wash your car much in the wintertime? Uh, on occasion. Yeah. Um, I like the ones where you run it through the machine, and then you got the guys that scrub on it. Uh-huh. A little bit the waterway experience. Yeah, well, that's nice because they get in there and they wipe down the insides, yeah. etc. Yeah, they put the little uh, squirt stuff on your tires, whatever. I don't know what it is, but they squirt stuff on your tires. So you know, a rule of fashion is if you wait long enough, everything comes back into style. At bell bottoms, you should see my closet. <laughs> exactly, you're waiting, right? Yeah. Well, uh, I saw a car yesterday, and this is a um, this is one of those things that shouldn't come back. All right. It's a Hyundai Santa Cruz. The Hyundai Santa Cruz. It's an El Camino. Wow. It's an ugly car. Wow. And but I mean I guess the El Camino it was, was that kind of low riding trailer in the back kind of open Yeah, space so it's kind of half car, half truck with yeah. the pickup truck back. Same thing with the Santa Cruz. That's the made... one that uh, Bill Clinton put the AstroTurf down in the back of the uh, D- Did he? Yes, he did. Well, how do you know this? Cuz he said he did. Really? I'm not making stuff I could up. see Bill Clinton having an, uh, oh, an El Camino. 100%. That would be right on brand for him, 100%, wouldn't it? 100%. Yes. And especially one maybe up on uh, on on blocks in the front yard potentially, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh the Santa Cruz, I saw it yesterday and it was a brand new car. I mean, and they still had the sticker on it and everything, and I thought, well, good for you. You got a new car. You're stimulating the economy. Why in the world would you buy that car? It is ugly as sin. Yeah, well, it, that's never stopped them before. What uh-huh. was that car I rented one time? I was, uh, I don't know, Omaha, I think, and I got a rental car, and all I had was the um, HRH. Uh-huh. I think it was called it's like I, a bubble looking thing, it, it right? Like, yeah, it's like you're driving around in a bubble, and not 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 even a VW <laughs> bug. It was just a big, yeah. grotesque. 
bubble, and uh, I think they've stopped making that thing. But that, they'll come out with yeah. some cars sometime. Well, and, scratch and rental cars always have the, the lower-end cars that you're like, you know, that you can rent. I remember back when I used to run around the country doing campaigns. Yeah. I was out in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Beautiful city. And, you know, with campaigns, you're on a budget. So you got to find the cheapest thing. So I go and rent the cheapest car. Well, it was called a Geo Metro. Yeah. And this car, John, I, if I laid down, you know, I was longer than the automobile. Hmm. So to to sit in this thing, and I'm I'm tall, but I'm not ridiculously tall. I'm six three, six four, somewhere in there. Wow. Um, and I had to lay the seat back so that I could put my butt back up on the reclining part, so that I wouldn't have my knees up under my chin while I was driving. Wow, that doesn't yeah. sound very safe. Yeah. But I I, you my, know what I you know what I got to do? I got to get my oil changed. I got mine changed my light the other came, day. You did? Yes. How did it go? Well, so I pull into the place. I usually go to the dealership, but I'd kind of let this go for right, a while. Right, too long. Mm-hmm. And I had to make a trip to Jeff City, and I didn't want my oil, so I, I went into one of the um, to-be-unnamed right. places. A quickie deal. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah. So, you know, they get under, they unscrew, whatever they do, and they put the oil in, da-da-da. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of watching the clock because I've got stuff to do. Right. So the guy comes in with a piece of paper. Mr. Hancock. Yeah. Check marks all all up and down. This fluid and that something or other, and we need to do. I'm thinking, wow, and, and 119 for this, and 65 dollars for that. Uh, you know this uh, this fluid, your differential fluid here. What the heck is differential? Or fluid? air filter? Did yeah. they show you the air oh, filter? They bring filter. it in, they show it to you. I'm like, I never even knew that car had an they air filter. They wanted to flush my toilet, and I mean, they wanted. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Uh, and I, you know, usually I uh-huh. I cave on those things. Oh, okay, okay. does it really need it? Yeah. You want to rotate your tires? Well, they rotate every time I hit drive. Right. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking. So I, I stood up. I said, you know what? I've got an appointment. I'm going to take it into the dealership because I need to get my sway bar looked at. <laughs> and the guy looked at me and he said, sway bar? I said, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't understand, <laughs> sir. I told him because uh, you know who told me about the sway bar. The the, the car guy Our, here. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the car guy, James. Or, or, uh, It'll come to us later. It will. I can't believe but I can't think. I hope he's not Is listening. there anything more guy. emasculating than being at the quick change and they come up to you and they ask you all this stuff and they're showing you things and you have to look at it like you know what you're talking oh, about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I, said, I think I'm going to hold off on that I said, one. you know, I think my differential uh, got <laughs> fixed uh, just the other day. <clears throat> There's lots of people out there probably need to get their oil changed. Hopefully they're not sitting in traffic. So we go now. Greg Damon is the car guy. Greg of Damon. Of course, he's one of the great Americans of all time. Your home of the Cardinals. Arnado swings and hits it deep to left field. That ball is out of here. The Billikens. Jumper. Yes! Billikens win! The Chiefs. Touchdown, Kansas City. We are America's sports voice, KMOX. That over there is John Hancock, and right here I'm Michael Kelly. And, John, it was about two years ago. Well, it was exactly two years ago today that I was coming home from someplace warm from a well-deserved and needed respite. Uh, And you and I were going to meet up to uh, play a little snooker. We were. And... um, you had to get some work done. I, I had did. to check in on some stuff, and uh, you had called me and said, "Hey, Kelly, we're going to go play." And I said, "John, are you watching television?" And I think you'd been in your basement and yeah. working away, and you you didn't know what was going on. I said, "Buddy, stop whatever you're doing. Go turn on the television." And by that time, it was like noon, uh, St. Louis time. By right. that time, the Capitol had, had been breached, right. and and things were going crazy. And it was the start of uh, almost two years of. Just absolute lunacy, um, and really the darkest day, uh, one of the darkest days of our democracy. Yeah, you know, I was reflecting this morning on what could have transpired on January 6th. There were basically, there were three kinds of people that attended that rally at the Ellipse where the president and others spoke. All of them had one thing in common. They all, I'm certain, believed that the election had been stolen, and... And there was, I would say, the majority of the folks there were there for the Donald Trump show, which is uh, very entertaining. And, you know, they had come from all across the country. They were fired up. And uh, and they they got a good Donald Trump show that day. And they many of those people went to the Capitol and lingered around outside. I'd say that was probably the largest. There's like a million people there. Several hundred thousand anyway. Okay. Uh, then you had a group of people that were kind of there that got whipped into a frenzy by all of this. And by the time they got to the Capitol and they saw that the Capitol was breached, they 
went on in. Got pulled in with the mob. They did. And uh, and it's a lot of those people who have gotten arrested who now in their sentencing hearings are lamenting the fact that they snapped that day. Mm -hmm. Uh, The third group of people were the folks that were there intentionally uh, to commit violence. Oath keepers, et cetera. And the Proud Boys. And those people came armed and prepared uh, they they filed a, a military line to go into the Capitol. They had uh, plans on how they were going to break down the barriers. They had zip ties, and they were prepared. And that was the smallest group of that hundreds of thousands of people. Now, think about this. If that group would have been four or five times the size of what it was, if there were that many people who stormed into the Capitol and armed with a plan— many with military backgrounds, what would have happened on that day? As horrible as what happened was, it could have been so much worse. And it because now you're in a situation where invaders have taken over the Capitol building of the United States. With the States. intention of killing the vice president and the Speaker of the House. Yeah, and, and so now you're going to dispatch United States Armed Forces into the Capitol building and engage in some kind of hand-to-hand combat with what could have been thousands of people. That is a very chilling thought, well, I think. And But I don't think we ought to diminish what we no, saw. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I mean, yeah. But, but it could have been so much worse. And, uh, and, then, and then the reaction by the former president who was gratified by what he was watching on television. We learned a lot of this from the January 6th commission, uh, which I think is really unfortunate. That Kevin McCarthy, who's, who's by the way, dealing with the consequences of embracing this MAGA movement now, um, you know, allowed this to be swept under the rug because this is continuing today. I think we are watching in slow motion, John, January 6th continue to be played out by these 20 or so rebels who are trying to break government. Uh, this is not about electing a Speaker of the House. This is not about Kevin McCarthy. Not about policy. This is not about policy. These are people who simply do not want government to work. They want to break it. And what is most concerning to me, why I say this is a continuation of January 6th, all these negotiations that are going on with Kevin McCarthy to surrender all the power that a Speaker of the House would have, they are essentially going to put government in a place where any one individual, some crazy person, let's call him Lauren Boebert, let's call him Matt Gates can stop government and literally close down the entire government when we have pressing needs that are going to be dealt with, that that, need to be dealt with. That rule has existed before, where one person could call for a vote of no confidence. Um, Where it breaks down, of course, is if you constantly churn through speakers of the House, which is the fear of of not having uh, that rule. But that rule, if Kevin McCarthy wins, probably at this point, whomever wins, that rule is going to be in place where one member can demand a vote of no confidence, and then it goes uh, to a vote of the of the members. Insane. I think the rules are regrettable. Um, but, you know, the, the reality that we're living, and a lot of people listening to us right now remember the 1960s and how divided the country was in the 1960s. You had protests in the street, the Vietnam War. Uh, you had the racial strife, racial strife, the assassination of Robert Kennedy, John Kennedy, Martin Luther King. You had the students at Kent State who were killed by uh, the police there. And the country was very divided. You can make a case that the country is more divided today than it was in the 1960s. You can make a case that the country is more divided today. There was a speaker election in the 1850s in the lead up to the Civil War where they went through over 100 ballots for Speaker of the House because the country was divided. And people had formed camps. There were divisions within the parties. The Republican Party, relatively new then, had a very strong abolitionist wing uh, as it related to slavery. And it had uh, a more moderate wing that wanted to just stop the spread of slavery uh, and try and figure out a way for everybody to get along. Uh, the Democrats were fairly united that they wanted to keep that institution and they wanted to expand the institution. And we were in all of these different factions. Nobody was getting along. The country was deeply divided and had gotten more so through the decade of the 1850s leading up to the secession of South Carolina in 1861. 
1860 at the end, uh, before the inauguration of Abraham Lincoln. We've had a succession of bad presidents leading up to that time. That didn't help anything. And and so uh, I'm not saying we're headed for a civil war, but I'm saying that this is a deeply divided country, and that is a concern, at least to me. Oh, I think it's a concern to all of us. What what I'm afraid of, though, John, is in today's society where it's easy to get lost in your phone and to block stuff out, people just aren't paying attention. We saw that with the January 6th commission. True. Uh, nobody watched that. I mean, you just laid out here at the beginning of that conversation how um, unbelievable January 6th could have been even more than it already was. Yep. And people got numb to it. We've gone on to watch Kim Kardashian or pay attention to baseball or whatever it is that we're up to. And now we are watching this continue to play out. Um, I don't know how this ends. I don't think it ends well for the Republicans. Um, they, they, you know, like you've always said, governing is hard to do, particularly with a thin majority. Yeah, it makes bad politics. Um, but when you have folks who can't get along with inside of their own caucus, you have a problem. Hakeem Jeffries, the uh, Democratic uh, leader uh, yesterday, had some really compelling remarks that I think put the spotlight on what we're ultimately dealing with. Dealing with. Tip O'Neill got along with Ronald Reagan. Ted Kennedy got along with Orrin Hatch. Joe Biden got along with John McCain. Nancy Pelosi got along with John Boehner. Ruth Bader Ginsburg got along with Antonin Scalia. All we are asking is House Republicans to get along with each other so we can get about the business of the American people. And that's the real problem here is that you have the ruling party who can't get along with each other. And this is going to cause chaos for us. Uh, and, and they don't seem to want to solve the issue, do they? Well, some of them. I, I do think there's there's the 20 anti-McCarthy votes are not a monolith. But there are a number, and I don't know how large that number is, that are really never McCarthy people. One of whom is Lauren Boebert, the congresswoman uh, from Colorado. And she was on with Sean Hannity, one of Donald Trump's staunchest allies. And they got into a very unique and uh, escalating exchange just the other day on Fox News. Let me turn the tables, Congresswoman. Kevin McCarthy has 202, three votes. Your side has 20. So if I'm going to use your words and your methodology and your math, uh, isn't it time for you to pack it in and your side to pack it in, considering he has over 200 and you have 20? Sean, I understand the frustration, I promise you. But, I'm not um, frustrated. He does you didn't not answer have the my votes. question. And we are hearing, we are not, hearing from many frustrated. people who are still voting with Kevin McCarthy who You're are not very my supportive question. of what we're doing, and they're cheering us on. So there are more for us than are against us, and they are waiting for Kevin to cave. Okay. Um, you know, the American people are certainly frustrated by... I'm frustrated by you not answering a direct question. You said to President Trump, you, you said earlier today that President Trump needs to tell and Kevin, Kevin McCarthy, McCarthy does not have you don't the have the we votes. Need to come up Hold with a can I finish? Candidate to elect a can I finish? The House. You don't have the votes and it's time to withdraw. He has 203. Your side has 20. Why is it time for him to withdraw and not you when he has so many more votes? Now, there you have it. And uh, it got, got even worse from there. Uh, very contentious. And, you, I mean, if you think about two people that you wouldn't expect to get into, it would be Sean Hannity and Lauren Boebert. And this is all happening at the backdrop, almost in a simultaneous screen, of the President of the United States, Joe Biden, and Mitch McConnell in Kentucky celebrating a bipartisan bill that got passed. Yep, while on the other side of the screen, we're watching Republicans having infighting with each By other. By the way, and I regret that we're out of time here, but I... I see the Democratic Party drifting increasingly towards socialism. I see the Republican Party drifting uh, towards authoritarianism. Yep. At some point, those ideologies are the same. It's government control. And it, it's government making decisions in the economy. It's government making decisions in the culture war. Yep. And, uh, and it's a loss of freedom, ultimately, for individuals. And, and, and there seems to me to be nobody speaking up for individual liberties in this country Nobody speaking up for markets. We've just gone through two administrations where they've just opened up the checkbook and just started handing out money. They're still handing out money. And that's not free market economics. That's government. Uh, paying, we're paying people in St. Louis out of government money. And it's, 
you know, this yeah. thing is getting away from us. Well, and and I what, wish we'd get back to talking policy. And for those of us who are Democrats who are kind of, you know, watching this and maybe in the first 24 hours thinking it's entertaining, uh, let's not forget Nancy Pelosi faced almost the same type of thing from what people who called themselves democratic socialists. Yeah. That's a growing group. I fear that this is a playbook that we are going to see again potentially from my side. Well, we need to step aside and get a look at the news. That's next on KMOX. Time for the Friday edition of Hancock and Kelly. You two belong together. John Hancock, Michael Kelly, sponsored by Insperity, HR that makes a difference. On News Radio 1120, KMOX. Happy Friday, St. Louis. Well, it's great to have our first weekend of the new year. And John Hancock, uh, regular listeners of the Hancock and Kelly Show, know that you're a big fan of Christmas. Love Christmas. And Hate to see it go. often, well, we've been going into the Masters around Easter. And you've let us know that your job at the house is to take down the Christmas tree, and it's still up uh, around one, Masters. One year, mm-hmm. and it stayed up till I don't know April. But uh, is it up now? Down. What? Down. Who did it? It's down. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, the, the lights outside are down. down. Yeah. Who did it? They're down. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, it's it's nice. Now, there's still some lights on when I walk Gus every night. Really? In the neighborhood, yeah. Well, as Catholic, to, to, I think today is Epiphany. It is the day of Epiphany. Yeah, and we had always uh, kept our tree up until Epiphany. Hmm. Uh, and so today would have been the day that we would have traditionally taken it down. Uh, your tree at uh, your place. My tree uh, made its way out. It's about uh, a foot and a half tall. Uh-huh. It's a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Yeah. It made its way out about two days before Christmas and and went back in there before I left before town. Before Christmas. You took yeah. it down before Christmas. Yeah, because I was leaving town. Wow. I mean, but you, I, I hate to see it go. Well, you, All the ornaments. But And I hate to see this Christmas in particular go because... We had another great Christmas in terms of the economy. I mean, you know, record sales, etc. A whole lot of spending going on. But, uh, John, I think that's coming to an end. Um, And we've been talking about inflation. We've been talking about interest rates. But the real harbinger of the switch in the economy, to me, is coming from all of these tech layoffs that are happening. Uh, Yesterday, Amazon announced they're laying off almost 50,000 people. Twitter had laid off uh, almost 12,000 people. Uh, Netflix, all of these tech high education, high paid jobs are starting to lay people off. That's at the top of the economic scale. And so... As we slide into this new year, questions of whether or not we're in a recession, et cetera, people have to understand that's going to be trickling down. And at a time right now where there's a surplus of jobs and how great is that, um, I have a feeling that that could shrink and evaporate quite quickly. Yeah. And as you see, the interest rates continue to rise. And we don't know if the Fed is finished raising the interest rates yet. Uh, That's going to have an effect on the housing market. And it's going to have an effect on housing starts, which is a key leading economic indicator. Two-thirds of big bank economists in this country are predicting that the economy is going to slide into recession in 2023. And I think that's I think they're well, right about that. And, and my understanding, I'm not an, econ, an economist, we're, an we're economist well aware, and, but my understanding is really we, we all talk partisan politics and this is how you fix inflation and Joe Biden's the problem and this and that and spending and yada, yada. But the one thing that I kind of do understand that the really the only way to stop inflation is to bring down demand. How do you bring down demand? You bring up unemployment. You, you slow down the economy. And you slow down the economy, which just leads me to believe we're seeing the tip of the iceberg right now with these tech companies laying right. off. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, even though we see, you know, restaurants and grocery stores begging for employees to come, um, this is just going to continue to slide down. And I, unfortunately, I, I have a feeling by 4th of July, we may be sitting in a, a place hearing about, you know, places making layoffs at jobs uh, around the area. Yeah. And, you know, when unemployment begins to escalate, that's the one thing, you know, as we've gone through this slide and this inflationary slide, that has historically been accompanied by higher unemployment rates. Well, the, there are more jobs right now in the economy than there are people to fill them. And so that's different today than it's than it's ever been. And that's a whole nother issue, you know, the the workforce and, and where things are and the needs in the workforce. But, you know, and I touched on this a little bit in the last segment. The the government has gotten so involved now in um, paying people 
not to work. And it's not it's not just Biden. I think we did that in the early stages of COVID under the Trump administration, too. I mean, you look at these like the PPP loans. Right. Uh, and now they're if you're a business, you can apply for relief from the employment taxes you pay yeah. for your employees. And that's all government money. Right. And, and where does it come from? Well, it comes from printing it because we've got this monstrous deficit every year and the national debt is huge. Well, and I, I we're, we've gotten so far away from the, allowing the market to correct itself. Markets will correct themselves. It takes some time. But when the market's not free to function, and I would argue it's not right now, then you've got all this government largesse, and that's just well, not helpful. And I think we both would agree that, you know, government is going to have to start to curb its spending. Um, yes. I, to me, it's disingenuous, the 20 uh, you know, folks that are causing this problem with the Speaker of the House are up there saying this is all about spending. These same people were in Congress and were silent when we started all this spending with Donald Trump. Everybody was Yeah, and, and, and they're Everybody all into it. it. The reality is, is we're going to have to tighten that belt. We're going to have to pull back on spending. Um, and, you know, you have folks who don't really want to sit down and find uh, uh, you know, like we saw during COVID. I mean, we saw bipartisan efforts in COVID to say, wow, we've never faced this before. We've got to find a way to keep people living while we're dealing with this situation. Uh, you know, now we're going to have to see that curbing of the spending. But when, what, what scares me is what you see what's happening at local government levels, even here in the city of St. Louis, where basic government services are being unmet. We just heard a story in the news right about there the about the trash not being picked up in the city of St. Louis. And when you, there's not a city in the country that's not having a policing and crime problem because we're defunding the police. Yet we are finding ways to try to solve the ills of society for thousands of years at a local government level when we're not meeting the basic government needs, the things that would make a business function inside the city of St. Louis. Because we're spending more time saying, hey, we've got to... And look, I'm a person. I want to help others who can't help themselves. Um, But what are we doing where we're creating universal income? Right. Nearly half of the people in the city of St. Louis, ages 18 to 65... Do not participate in the workforce. Think about that. At least in the public workforce. Yeah, it, it, think about that. They did, right in terms of paying taxes right. to the government. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. they, they, this is unsustainable. It's not. And we right. are setting up a model right now that one won't be able to fund itself, and it will be done at the expense of basic government services. And to my argument, is already being done at that because we have billions of dollars right now, and we're not doing the government services. And you know, when Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac failed, the government bailed out. Uh, the banking industry. Right. Uh, not too many years later, the government bailed out the auto GM, industry. The yep. auto industry. Uh, under COVID, the government bailed out everybody. everybody. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've got a buddy that owns a restaurant, and the money that was handed out to restaurants, wow. And look at the airline industry, what they were given right. in that whole process. And, and we've kept doing it and doing it and doing it. Sometimes you've got to go through some pain in the market when it has a problem and let that market correct itself instead of always trying to solve every problem by government spending, it doesn't work. And unfortunately, uh, it is time to pay the piper. After nearly two decades of using every economic uh, tool we had from quantitative easing, which I don't even understand, interest rates at zero, handing out money, uh, you can't do that for two decades and then not expect that you're going to ultimately have to pay the price. It's like sitting around eating ice cream every night and then realizing, well, I'm gaining weight. I'm going to deal with it later. Well, guess what? It's time to lose weight. Hmm. Well, you could start exercising. There you there. go. Uh, I'll tell you what's going to get a lot more uh, difficult to afford. What's that? Are those magnificent Disney vacations. Oh, I have to talk to you about this. That's next on KMOX. Now, back to Hancock and Kelly. Sponsored by Insperity. HR that makes a difference. On News Radio 1120, KMOX. So, you know, I'm from a huge family. Big one. Yeah, and so all of my sisters are reproducing, and now their kids are reproducing. And so we have lots of little kids around Christmas time. A whole lot of people running Yeah, and is there anything better than Christmas through the eyes of a child? No. It is so much fun to watch them. And on Christmas morning, we woke up to videos of of my nieces and my great nieces and nephews, you know, opening presents, et cetera. But there was one in particular that stuck out to me. Uh, my oldest sister, Colleen, and her husband, Paul, um, they are taking their uh, grandchildren 
to Disney World. Incredible. Yeah, and so they they gave him a present, they opened it up, and it was the Mickey Mouse ears, ears. and then they didn't really get it, and then all of a sudden they read the thing, and then they started to realize, oh my gosh, we're going to go to Disney World. to Disney. And it was so much fun to watch it, and at the same time, now this is as a single person with no kids, at the same time watching the joy of these kids, dread came over me. Mm. Because I'm sitting there thinking, I think I would rather be waterboarded than go to Disney World. What are you talking about? Buddy, I went when I was a kid. It was fun. You ride the rides. You wait in too many lines. You overpay for everything. that is true. There's too many people. Um, You know, everything's expensive. Not if you know what you're doing. You're tired. Uh, You go do all this nonsense. So much fun. Yeah, and and so I just was sitting there thinking. It it just immediately hit me that I would rather do anything other than go to Disney World. I took my wife to Disney World, just the two of us. What? Not too many years As an ago. adult? As an adult. With no kids? Yeah. Why? Well, it's magnificent, Michael. What? So you, you, so you could look at what you look like, Goofy? You, you've got to know. You've got to know what you're doing. You can't okay. just go in there and wander you gotta around. you got to have a plan. You gotta know, on you vacation, you have to have a plan? Yes. Mm. And there is no better Disney planner than Georgianne Hancock. This woman, she is Mrs. Disney. Really? Yes. You get in the park. Uh-huh. Straight to Fantasyland, Michael. Uh-huh. Straight to oh, fantasy God. land. And then and then the Snow White ride, usually not that long of a line. Uh-huh. Kind of gets you into this the whole spirit of the thing. And then if you're feeling adventurous, yeah. come right out of there and you get on Dumbo. Uh-huh. And there you are, soaring <laughs> high above, looking at everything. Then you got a call to make. Right. Uh regrettably, Georgian then chooses the worst ride in the history of rides. It's a small world. It's a small world. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nice and air conditioning. It's in literally there. like hell. Yeah. And that song over <laughs> the, the and over and over and yeah. over again. No, that no no no. Then maybe you're over to the uh, <laughs> to the roller coaster there in Tomorrowland. Yeah. Which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got stuff to do. Now it's time to get a little snack. So you head over to the colonnade and you get yourself a little Sandwich or burger. You, you're or one of these creepers that I don't like, the, the grown adults who then, know this much about Disney. Then it's over to Liberty Square, Michael, where you've got the Hall of Presidents. And ragtime music being and, No, no, he's at Casey's, uh, oh, okay. the ice cream shop right there <laughs> uh, across from the Colonnade, which is where I'll be working in retirement. Well, that's cool. Going there to work, I think, would be fun. Yeah, and then, is there anything better than spending an evening in Epcot? What, eating eating drink, around the world? Eating and drinking your way through the world. It's a, it's magnificent. Okay. One minute you're in Canada. Next minute you're in Italy. Now you're in Japan. You got all the stuff. And then there's Morocco. I mean, there's nothing like it. I can think of nothing more Mexico. unromantic than being with my significant other at Disney World as a grown adult. Now, it maybe would be something I'd want to try once. So romantic. But I know Disney people, uh, couples, older couples. Yeah. Who go every, every year. year? They I got would. the watch. Yes. They got the outfit. Yeah. They they're excited to go to Disney. Yes. They go want to go to the character things. And I'm like, you're a grown adult who's going to spend a small fortune. Well, that's the problem. To go hang around a bunch of little kid stuff. When wouldn't you rather? I don't know. Couldn't you go to someplace nice and truly eat around the world? Because Disney's not cheap. Well, a European vacation is not cheap either, and you kind of get that right there at Epcot. There they all are. And then there's Soren, Michael. Oh, Soren is cool. All right. Yeah, but that's at Epcot. You can smell you can the smell oranges. You oranges as yeah. you're flying, soaring over them. Yeah, you know, that's cool. feet dangling off of the ride, and uh, you feel a sense yeah. of movement and motion as you're going up there. Perfectly safe. But Disney, to me, is one of those things, once you've done it, you've done it. I mean, what, do I, what am I going to go back and do? Experiences, Michael. I guess. It's, uh, it's about and ex- it, experiences. And then, listen, and then, if the, I had kids, I'd go. But I'm uh, a grown adult. Then you end up. Grow up. Six thirty, seven o'clock at La Chefs de France. Say what? La Chefs de France. Whenever you put accents on, it's my favorite thing. And, uh, and oh, the, it's magnificent. What they, uh-huh. I mean, it's the best restaurant. Lee, Lee, Lee. I, <laughs> and uh, you look like a French cuisine kind of guy. I am a French cuisine kind of a guy. Is oh, it the sauces goodness. that do it it's, for it's you? It's all of it. It's just it's mm-hmm. all of it. It's the is the it's got a do certain you, je ne sais quoi. Now, when you went to Disney with Georgian on your romantic getaway yes. without children, uh-huh. did you stay the whole time? Did you stick around for the uh, parade? Oh, and, and how about at the end of the night when they blow off all the fireworks? So you, and yes, stuff? one night it's the parade at. Yeah, at uh, Magic Kingdom. Yeah, at the Magic Kingdom. Thank yeah. you. One night, it's the fireworks over the river there in Epcot uh-huh. with the with glorious music playing. Right. You know, stirring music and mm-hmm. American themes. It's just wonderful. I even took the ride through Mexico. 
uh, little boat ride where they tell you all of the uh, great accomplishments of Mexico. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> it was lovely. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it, it's so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal experience. Stay at the Grand Floridian. Well, that's an expensive place. Yes, uh, that's not that's not cheap. No, but I mean, but, but I mean, once you wind up, you're you're dropping eight, ten grand to go to Disney no, World. No, no, sure, you yeah, that that Grand Floridian's like five hundred bucks a night. Well, not if you know what you're doing. What do you, what does that mean? Well, you got to like go stay in the line somewhere. You got uh, Georgian's got. She's. I mean, I'm telling you, if you would let her plan your Disney vacation. I guess, uh, but the the idea of paying a small fortune to stand in line with a bunch of sweaty people. Well, you get the ride pass. You get the fast pass. Oh, so there's more money that needs to be Boom. spent on top of it. Well, all. I mean, it's not that much. Yeah. And you get the meal plan there. In the, what do you mean the meal so, plan? You get the meal plan. What, are you in college? Uh, yes. And you can eat your meals. You get a snack every day if you want. You know, three What, they give you like a card and you just yes, walk around and you plan. get a lunch yes, and then you get a snack? You, if you know what you're doing, Michael, it can be one that of the That sounds finest. like hell. Well, that does not sound like vacation. No, it was totally vacation. And if you want, you go to the park in the morning, you do what you got to do. You come back to the hotel and lay out by the pool, have a pina colada mm-hmm. and or two, and enjoy the, the beautiful weather that's all around you. And everybody's there. Everybody's happy. Everybody's having a good are time. Are they, though? Kids are crying. No, parents, they're, they're tired. Parents are hauling them. Come on, Jimmy. We've been waiting for three years for this. If you don't behave, I'm going to smack you. The one thing I would advise is you don't want to take your child if they're too young. Right. Uh, We made the mistake of going when Mary Catherine was about a year and a half old. Right. So Johnny was four. Right. And uh, he, time of his life. Right. You know, she was a year and a half and it was tough until... You, we got on the on the monorail. Uh huh. We'd get on the monorail, and all of a sudden, it's showtime. Right. And she starts smiling at people, and uh, you yeah. know, do, doing the baby thing. Mm-hmm. And she was remarkable. Now she's got one of her own. So there. You yeah. Go. Well, there I you guess go. you'll be now. That will be fun. That would be fun oh to gosh. take little Tula. Yes. To Disney World as a grandparent. Going to happen. And that's what my sister's going to do. Uh-huh. And uh, but I just I can unless I got to be old enough to like remember it and appreciate it. Yeah. And then you also have that uh, issue where height and weight make a difference for kids, because say you've got, you know, one kid who's over four feet and the other two aren't. Yeah. Well, that kid over four feet wants to go on the bigger rides. So now mom's got to split up and go on one ride with the little guys, and dad's got to go there, and then you got to meet up afterwards. All of it's wonderful. It just seems like a lot of work. All it's, of it's It's wonderful. not relaxing and fun. Now, it would be fun to see it through the eyes of a child. Yes. As a grown adult, I think you're weird. Look, there's Winnie the Pooh over here. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah. Winnie the Pooh. I mean, it's good stuff. Yeah. All right, he's Michael Kelly, and I'm John Hancock. An amazing recovery from Damar Hamlin, that uh, safety for the uh, B- Buffalo Bills who nearly died A week ago, well, just this past Monday, we're going to visit with a doctor from Washington University to get more information on that after this on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 
a sports day Saturday on KMOX at two men's Billikens basketball action as they take on St. Bonaventure. Right after that game, it's Chiefs football as they play the Vegas Raiders. Then Saturday night, the playoffs are on the line when Jacksonville hosts Tennessee. Catch all the games this Saturday on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. And welcome back to KMOX. John Hancock alongside Michael Kelly. And many of us, myself included, were witnessing that Monday night football game, much anticipated game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills in the first quarter. And Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, after making a tackle, got up, took a step, and collapsed on the field. The players surrounded him. The medical staff came out, the Bills training staff initially. We couldn't see what was happening. Uh, but he was being worked on, and he was worked on with CPR and a defibrillator uh, for at least nine minutes. Uh, his heart had stopped beating. He was taken to the hospital with a pulse, put on um, uh, a ventilator, and also uh, induced with sedatives. And as of yesterday, his doctors had described what was a remarkable recovery. He had written... Uh, on a piece of paper, did we win the game? Well, that tells you that neurologically things were looking pretty good. We just learned uh, moments ago that that breathing apparatus has now been removed and he is speaking with his family members. I find it to be remarkable, but I thought let's get an expert. So we turn ourselves to Dr. Mustafa Husseini. He's the director of Washington University Sports Cardiology. He joins us on the Quiver River guest line, specializes in sports cardiology, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, cardiopulmonary exercise testing, cardiovascular prevention, and wellness, and general cardiology. He does a lot. How did I do with that, Doc? Uh, you did great. <laughs> so... I guess let's start with let's start with the the immediate intervention on the field, the nine minutes of CPR and other things. How unusual is that? So the the biggest the biggest kind of aspect that I think is kind of really encouraging is that people on the field, including his teammates um, and the athletic team, recognize what was going on. Um, the thing with sudden cardiac arrest in sports is that we often don't recognize it. There are numerous examples of people kind of collapsing and people kind of just sitting there and watching, thinking it's a seizure or thinking it's something else. Um, and when there's a basically non-contact fall where they basically drop like a pound of bricks, that's pretty kind of classic for sudden cardiac death. What we know at that point is that he probably had an arrhythmia, which is an electrical kind of short circuit, going on for maybe 30 seconds beforehand that he was tolerating, and then all of a sudden he doesn't tolerate, and that's why he collapses. And about that point is when the clock starts to tick. And we know about one minute or so we can start to see some signs of damage. Every minute that goes on without chest compressions and without an automated external defibrillator getting them back in normal rhythm can have lasting long-term damage. Um, overall, what we do know is that the amount of time that goes until he gets a pulse back, that is the most important time. And I don't know if we know exactly what that time point was, but the, the main thing that's important now is that he's awake and talking and pretty neurologically intact. So all really encouraging um, pieces of information that we've gotten so far. So the underlying arrhythmia was present at the time of the hit. Uh, that's that's how, what you posit, right? Uh, so it's hard to say. I mean, there's a lot of speculation online, and it, it's really impossible to know. But I think right now the prevailing theory is that, that the hit to the chest basically causes a short circuit mm -hmm. because the hit at the chest causes a change. I'm sorry, it causes... Um, basically like a one in a million kind of chance that it happens at the, the correct time of the cardiac cycle mm. that kind of causes that short circuit. And so you probably had it right at the hit. He falls, he kind of gets back up. He was probably already in that arrhythmia, but then he only can tolerate that arrhythmia for a few seconds yeah. prior to collapsing. So it's been days. Uh, he was in the hospital uh, for days. Uh, I'm sure they're many cases like this that take place uh, outside of the world of sports and folks mm -hmm. at hospitals see cases like this all the time. Uh, is is this recovery at this point, and I know he's not your patient and you're not treating him, uh, but is this 
an unexpected outcome? Uh, is it a fairly common outcome, or is it a perhaps a miraculous outcome? Uh, I'd say it's it's common for someone of this age, and the fact that his CPR was started so quickly. Um, when I think of kind of outcomes and likelihood, we kind of think of it, or, or is this a younger kind of healthy person, or is this someone that's older that has a lot of other medical conditions? Because other medical conditions kind of increases the risk that there's going to be other organ damage when there's that time when oxygen is not getting pumped correctly. And, and so the fact that he's younger and, from, at least to my knowledge, doesn't have underlying health conditions, that's also really encouraging. Um, and the fact that he had CPR done quick, it, it's, it's one of those things where he had two kind of positive attributes, which kind of would, would give us a good prognosis Monday night. But at the end of the day, all of our crystal, blo- crystal balls are quite cloudy, and, and we don't really know. Um, one thing we do know is that when we're in like the cardiac ICU or any kind of ICU after these settings, we do kind of take things slow because the first 24 to 48 hours kind of a lot of things can change. Um, and just that initial stabilization, getting through that process. Um, and then once we kind of get through that, then we can get a good sense of what is the long-term prognosis after that. Dr. Mustafa Hussein, director of Washington University Sports Cardiology, is our guest. And, Doctor, uh, obviously we've all seen highlights and not highlights, but clips of this happening in sports to professional athletes. Even our own Chris Pronger had dealt Mm -hmm. with it. Is this something you've encountered uh, in amateur sports here in St. Louis that, uh, you know, a lot of parents have to be nervous that could this happen to my kid? Is it something you've seen? So it's it's pretty rare. I mean, like, this happens maybe once a year or so, and I think in every community, if you add them up, it's not infrequent. This this condition that I think everyone's kind of hypothesizing, this comedo cortis, it's more common in younger um, men. A lot of times it's basically from, like, a projectile hitting the chest, so, like, in, like, a, a hockey puck with Chris Pronger, um, a softball or baseball in Little League, those are kind of the more common instances with it. And, and it's just one of those things where it's extremely uncommon, but it's also what we know is that there are, there's, sorry, excuse me, there's patting and other equipment that can kind of disperse a lot of the, the force that would hit someone's chest that would potentially cause this. But I, I think the biggest important thing, and if, if as a, a parent or as having a, a child kind of plays, making sure that people recognize what sudden cardiac death looks like in sport, recognize when we need to do CPR, knowing how to do CPR. When you go into an athletic field, recognizing where are the AEDs located, and then knowing that when this happens, making sure someone can go and run and grab that AED, because that's what's going to save lives, um, is recognizing this, doing CPR, and finding and then using that AED. You mentioned online that there's a lot online out there. Uh, Unfortunately, people use instances like this to put up their own theories. One of those theories that's getting a lot of traction online is these types of things are caused by vaccines, and in particular the COVID vaccine. There's no proof to that, correct? That is 100% correct. There's no proof to that. Well, that's good to get out because there is a lot of chatter online, and, uh, you know, that's not helpful uh, in dealing with this. Dr. Mustafa Husseini, Director of Washington University Sports Cardiology. Very enlightening, sir. Thank you so much for your time and have a great weekend. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on today. Before we leave this topic, yeah. I, I want to talk about our own Joe Buck, who was calling the game. I was watching the game that night. Yep. I'm sure you were as well. And a lot of unfair criticism, I think, went against Joe Buck. You know, he was saying he was only reporting what, and I thought ESPN, and in particular Joe Buck, handled this unbelievably well. He did. Now, a couple of thoughts here, though. I mean, not exactly foreign to people that work in this business is sometimes breaking news happens, you know, right in front of you, and then, boom, it's back to you to talk about it. Well, nobody knows what's going on. Uh, There are no experts on site. And... um, I thought Joe did a good job. I noticed that Troy Aikman didn't say a word. How could you? And and then they flip back because there's really nothing to say. They go back to the studio and poor Susie Colbert is there with a couple of guys. That, I mean, they don't know what to say. Right. Uh, a better call at that point would have been, I think, to say, we don't know what the situation is. It's obviously serious. They're not going to continue this game. 
Uh, we're going to keep a scroll at the bottom of the screen and give you updates as we well, know them and go to previously recorded programming. Yeah, well, but the the criticism was of Joe was that he was reporting what was being given to him. And, right. and they didn't know how serious. Obviously, it was serious, but they didn't know uh, where it was. And football games have gone on after injuries. But people who are criticizing Joe Buck, and I know that's a, you know, there's an that's industry of that yeah, out no, there, no. which I do not get. He's a great announcer. I think he's our greatest sports announcer that's broadcasting Today, these days. Yeah. Um, and I just think he handled it unbelievably well. He did. Um, and, you know, to the haters out there, go away. Yep, I agree. Our own Monica Adams. Well, she was our own Monica Adams for a while. She was Channel 5's Monica Adams for a while. She's stepping into a new role, and she's here to talk with us about it. That's next on X. Live and local, this is St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. And welcome back to the Hancock and Kelly Show. We're going to stick around in the next hour with the show, the show. but you're definitely going to want to pay attention to what we're, who we're going to talk to now. We're visiting with Monica Monica Adams. Our own Monica Adams. Yeah, KMOX alumni. She's worked for more call letters in St. Louis than you have candidates, Hancock. That's exactly right. Well, and that's Monica, very true. you're hanging it up. What are you doing? I'm not hanging it up. I'm sidestepping. But, you know, to get up at 1.30 in the morning for so long yeah. and to talk about a lot of negativity, Yeah, I was just done with it. And I just, you know, a lot of people know me for a long time in personal training and as a life coach and know that I love nothing more than positivity. Well, you were host of the health and fitness show on this station for mm-hmm. how many years? Eight years. Eight years. Mm-hmm. And so that that's obviously a big part of your portfolio. But you do so much more than that in this new role. Uh, for 25 years, I've been a transformation specialist and a lot with wellness coaching in the corporations, private and want to do that more, bring it more to center stage, but on a larger level, not just one-on-one. I'm going to do semi-private training in a new setting, which has never been done before. I'm going to be doing it in a boutique so that I can do my styling because I'm very big into fashion. So I'll be doing fitness and fashion together in Kirkwood at Mark Anthony's. And then um, I'm going to do private training at a really incredible gym in Brentwood, uh, Force Performance. And then I style for men, you guys. Uh, Bespoke Apparel is in... uh, in Clayton. I've been there for about the last year, but I haven't really talked a lot about it. So I'll be styling at two different places. That's more of a custom side. Wow. And where can people like access all this information? Because you're doing so much. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. So my website launched about... What, two weeks two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. The real Monica Adams dot com. The real Monica Adams dot com. <laughs> would she still step would, would she please step up? <laughs> <laughs> and they can they can follow you on Facebook. And- yes, Facebook and I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram. Um, but that page will talk about the journey. Mm. It'll talk about how when I was nineteen years old I had a massive blood clot that literally changed my life. It was the largest blood clot in medical history. Wow. And I was studying sports medicine at that time. Ended up completely switching careers, went into journalism and have done so much with it. But I want to continue. So I know when we talked about hanging up, I'm, I'm not. I'm just sidestepping from from the news aspect. I would love to do, you know, a show on YouTube. We're talking about podcast opportunities. I would absolutely do radio again. I, my fondest memories in my 30 years have yeah. been radio. I loved it here. I used to do mornings at WIL. It's just, to me, that was fun. You guys know this is fun. It this, is fun. Yes. You're going to talk about positive things, hopefully. Well, <laughs> well we're the political guys, so, know, so not much is positive that. these now, days. I, you know, a lot of people consider me a <clears throat> style horse. Um, I like that sweater you have on. Thank you. <laughs> thank Ooh, you. Very nice. Uh, so what would you do with my hair? <laughs> I would put a hat on. <laughs> <laughs> That's a kind of positive reinforcement. <laughs> but, you know, so much, of, so much of success in life is based on your attitude, yes. right? Yes. And that's all part of what you bring to this process. Well, I think one of the things, so I do a life coaching class with my clients right now on Thursday nights, but now I'm going to be do some, doing more private mm-hmm. life coaching. And one of the things that I tell all of them is in the morning, very first thing, you have to set your intentions. So if someone's not journaling, I tell them you have to do that immediately because putting that down on paper, having your intention, writing it down, seeing it, visualizing it, that makes all the difference in the world. And then at the end of the day, I don't care how bad the day went, if the two of you are arguing together, whatever, you're still friends. And at the end of the day, you want to be grateful. What's your gratitude aspect of it? So if you can do that at the beginning and at the end, that's the most important thing. 
Yeah, and so many people, when it's time to lose weight, they you know they go on these fad diets and stuff. I think what you're p- proposing, and it's the only thing that really works, is more holistic yes. approach. Yes. It has to be more than just the exercise. It's got to be in the yep. brain. It's got to be the way you feel. It is 100%. I actually came up with the triangle of life, and I'd say 33 and a third, 33 and a third, and 33 and a third. It has to be mental, physical, and spiritual. I have them literally draw a triangle at the top of the journal every morning, and at the end of the night, you might say, gosh, I was in a horrible argument with somebody I worked with or whoever it may be. So mental might be at the top of the mind. And so you write mental at the top. It doesn't mean spiritual and physical can't also throughout that day be taken care of. It has to be. You've got to put it all together. Are we talking about a isosceles triangle? Or are we <laughs> trying to go back to geometry class here? Uh, I don't care how it looks but as you long know, as it's filled in properly. Your outlook is so important. Yes. And and you talked about visualization. Mm-hmm. And you, so you're embarking on something. Maybe it's... Uh, you're gonna. You want to exercise. You want to. It's important to kind of understand what you want that to look like when Correct. you are successful, right? Well, yeah, and this is personal and professional relationships across the board. It doesn't matter what is going on, but if you're in a, you know, let's say you wake up every morning, you cannot stand what you do. Why are you doing it? Life mm-hmm. is so short. You have to take that step immediately and start making the path for it, whatever that takes, and start aligning yourself with people that are doing what you want to do. You, you stay around with a negative crowd, you're just going to get drawn into the negativity. So many people may be intimidated by your uh, positivity. Um, why, and why they'll be like, think? well, you know, you know, Monica, she's probably only working with the celebrities and the stars. Not but the all. reality is, is you can help anybody. And it's something that Everybody can do no matter where they're at in their life process. I will tell you, when I started in Chesterfield 25 years ago, one of the number one things I said was, I don't want this to, to be only working with celebrities or doctors or lawyers or whatever people may think in the higher end. I want the everyday person. So I have trained from a 10-year-old athlete all the way up to 95. I used to train for uh, Friendship Village seniors mm. oh. because to me... It's, they need the socialization. They need something to look forward to. I had them doing planks. I had them doing push-ups. And so people just have to believe in them. So, no, it's across the board. It is everyday walk of life. And I think the intimidation factor, honestly, was people thinking they couldn't be in my group, Mike. It was, hey, I don't think I'm ready for it. Yeah. And I was like, I have people who need to lose 100 pounds to a person who's a triathlete. Well, as somebody who's been dealing with weight, is you know, it's intimidating even going to the gym yep. and, and learning this stuff and finding someone like yourself who can really help you get past that intimidation yes. and realize, look, it's all about doing what you can do you know and what? setting your intentions you're and goals. You're 100% correct. And I will never forget, I have a client, she's probably listening right now, she couldn't do five seconds of a plank. She's now doing two minutes. But it's the belief. Someone has to believe in you. And I believe in every person that wants to come my way, walk in with me, because I want you to achieve your goal. You, you've got to attain that. So how long do you think I could do a plank? I think you could do a plank for five minutes. I believe in you. All right. <laughs> See there? Both of so, you. <laughs> so it's therealmonicaadams.com. Correct. How, how large are the class sizes? So what I'm doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that's going to launch the week of the 16th, will be semi-private. No more than five people. It could be like three to five people. Oh, nice. I will do private in, in the gym in Brentwood. Um, I used to only be a private trainer, but I want to do more of that boutique style. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to spend the amount of money that people would for a private you can split that between three or four or five people and get your goals and have it customized. And, again, that's the biggest thing. I had someone say, I don't know if I'm going to be ready with the other four people. And I say, stay in your lane, and I will get you to your goal. Yeah, and part of that is accepting that, you know, you're not going to fix it all in one day. No. You know, it's baby steps that make the giant leaps. Well, and it's not, as we just talked about, it's not just the physical side. You have to get the nutrition in order. I mean, that's the thing. Why You can't out train a horrible and i hate the word diet but you can't out train bad eating let's just say it that way i'm living proof of that (laughs) monica adams is our guest our colleague former colleague and she's off on a new endeavor it's the real monica monica to get more information it's really a holistic approach to living health fitness fashion Mm -hmm. all of it uh i couldn't recommend it highly enough what a great uh what a great thing this is to make available to the people of st louis thank you it was time and best of luck to you monica adams hey it's time for us to step aside and let the the show come in with us we'll stick around with them for the first hour next on camo x 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 